0: Good to see all of you back in your regular spots this morning. I didn't realize how much joy would come from you just sitting in your regular pew. And it's funny because we kind of get on our kids about that when they're younger. We don't want them sitting in their own pew. Some of you guys are still thinking that through. Dictionary.com. That would be the website for you on that one. It's good to see all of you here. If you're visiting with us, stick around. Let us get to know you a little bit better. I promise that we won't keep you here all day, but you might wish that we did because of how enjoyable it is to be together. I want to, before we get into the lesson this morning, just some quick, uh, for lack of a better term, newsworthy things. Thank you so much for your prayers for my wife being here and getting here. She is with me now. Uh, and so it has been mentioned to me that I kind of look like Moses coming down off the mountain with the glowing face now that my wife is in town. That's just the impact that she has on me. So I want to thank you for that and remind everybody that the cookout is still on tap for the 28th of this month. Again, if you're going to RSVP, those RSVP need to come to me because I need to know how much meat to cook. And I know a lot of you ladies are going, but Jeremy, what about other things? To which I respond, what other things? If you have questions about sides and vegetables, I'm not the man to talk to about that. All right, talk to my wife about it. She'll help you out through all of that. Also, if you didn't notice in the bulletin this morning there's a little bit of a different layout on it. I wanna encourage you, if you haven't grabbed one, grab one. There's a new section called Joie de vivre. Yeah, you didn't know some northerner could actually speak French, could, did you? This is going to be a section of the bulletin. I'm not going to read it to you and insult your intelligence on that, but that's a section of the bulletin that we're going to use for upcoming opportunities for service and fellowship uh, to just as ways of communicating to the body things that are coming down the pipeline. And again, at the end, we will be seeing two men step into the role of elder to help out with our current elders. And that's an exciting thing. And I hope that you are continually praying for their health and long service to the body as they serve us in leadership. So we'll deal with that a little bit later, but let's get into the lesson this morning. When I put this slide up, raise your hand if you know where I'm going with it. All right, at least two of you know that in 1972, Steelers' Wheel released the song Stuck in the Middle, right? Most of us, are, if we know the song, we're at least familiar with the chorus. Some of you guys are nodding your heads now, like, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. All right, okay, yeah, now it's coming back to us. I appreciate that you guys are using your brains this morning. And it's interesting because when you stop to think about the song, and I know that they wrote that song, as how they all felt when they were actually signing their first record deal was how the feeling of the band, and so they wrote that song through all of it, but it kind of gives a little bit of a feeling of how things are in in the church, right? And Nick, I think it was Nick this morning said, well, I don't know which side I'm on when you say that, Jeremy, am I the clown or am I the joker? No, we're neither, we're stuck in the middle together. (laughs) And that's how we live life and how we deal with life as part of the kingdom, as we're working in the world, we find ourselves stuck, or at least maybe even feeling stuck in the middle of everything that's going on around us. And over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at the concepts of unity in church family. First week, we talked about how God created this unity and placed us in this body through the blood of Jesus and how that task of preserving that unity falls to us in our behaviors with one another. Last week, we talked about the importance of togetherness and how that works to preserve unity and that this Spiritual growth that we're all wanting to have happens in community. It's not meant to happen all alone and off to the side. And yes, Ben, Batman is still the best superhero. (laughs) He was like, we're gonna fight over this, Jeremy. (laughs) Today I want us to look at why God put us together. And we often hear phrases like team effort, team player, you know, when you're watching a football game, running backs are usually pretty quick to praise the offensive line for opening up the gaps and getting them the room to run. And they say, well, you know, we gotta we got to give it up to the team because I had such a big day. But do we understand that it's teamwork that enables uncommon men to do, or excuse me, teamwork that enables common men to do uncommon things? Because in working together, an individual is strengthened in how they behave and in what they are doing. Moody, who is a, a commentator, once said, "Rather, I'd rather have 1,000 men working than doing the work of 100 men. Things become easier. Many hands light make light work. We're able to do greater things together than we are when we're just working as individual. And we see this being fulfilled in the way the scriptures talk about the role and the purpose of the church. It requires a team effort. Everyone doing something, working together. That this cooperation among believers as we operate in the world separates us from the clowns and jokers. Because we present a new attitude, a new way of living that the world is very unfamiliar with in terms of godly teamwork. Now, they may say that they can work together as a team, but we all work in the private sector, right? Or you have worked in the private sector and had to work with a team. And what usually ends up happening when you end up working with those teams? We've all seen the memes on it, right? Where one person does all the work and the rest of the group just kind of stands back and takes credit for what the one person does. That's not what God is calling us to be in this. We're to be very, very Different, And that's the point that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go back over there. We spent some time at the last part of that chapter last week, but let's look at the beginning of that chapter a little bit more detailed this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start reading together in verse 4, and we'll read through verse 13. He says, now there are... Varieties of gifts, same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I know I read an extra verse in there. That was a freebie for you this morning. But notice the point that Paul makes to this. And we're not going to get into this morning discussion of of tongues and miracles and those types of things. I want us to look at the basic principle that Paul is presenting to us in this section of Scripture. That God, the one God, the one Spirit, the one Lord has put us in our place inside the body for the common good of the body. When we were baptized into this body, not the boulevard body, but the big body. okay. When we were baptized into the body of Christ, God put us here for the common good. And we, whether we realize this or not, each of us was given a specific job to do inside the body. We don't get to come to God during this time, and I know this will upset you, but we don't get to come to God at this point and say, hey, you know what, God, thanks for adding me to the body of Christ. Here's everything I'm good at. So go ahead and plug me in where you need me based off of my skills. He doesn't do that. That he looks at you and says, I've got the perfect spot for you right here. And often when we get told that or we realize that that's what's happening, we chafe at it and we go, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, God, that wasn't the deal. I said I was good at this. And he goes, yeah, but you're going to be good at this, so you're going to go over here. We don't get to dictate how God puts us in the body. He places us there. His spirit works through us. It is then manifested to each other for the common good of the body. We talked about this last week, but I'm going to say it again. And therefore, there is no useless part of the body. And I know this is a challenge that we face, especially as we get older, yeah, and maybe even it's like a, a graph where we, in, the, in our middle age we feel like we're the most useful, but when we're young we don't feel useful, or when we're older we don't feel useful. That's not the case at all. That everyone is useful to the body and the workings of the body, that we don't get to say that just because I have some gray hair I'm no longer useful. We don't get to say that because I'm young I'm not useful. Everyone has a place. Everyone has a job to do inside the body. And there's there's an interesting thing about this whole teamwork aspect that Paul is presenting to us here. And this is part of what greater context of the letter to the Corinthian church is dealing with, is people trying to outdo each other like it's some kind of competition in all of this. Teamwork inside God's body, inside of Jesus' church, is not about trying to outdo one another. Right, And sometimes we see that where people try to out Jesus other people, right? Yeah, trying to be better than somebody else in their service and in their humility. You know, I look at Doug this morning and I listen to him singing tenor behind me and I think, man, that guy's got a great tenor, but I bet I could out-tenor him. <laughs> There's no way, all right? Jeremy's whole vocal system just wasn't built for that. We don't, we're not working to outdo. We're working together for whose benefit? Christ's benefit for the blessings of the kingdom that he has placed in this little spot in Lake Charles, Louisiana, to affect the community that we find ourselves engaged with and in. And so we work together through all of this. Uh, Some of you may not know this. I spent eight years in the Marine Corps. It's why my hearing is so good. I, I was a machine gunner for eight years. Okay, so I have spent, and I'm not exaggerating, I have shot tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition over the course of that eight years. All right? My second time after I reenlisted, Sonny and I had just were freshly married, and I thought, you know what, let's do something easy where I'm not going to be deployed like I was for the first four years. And so I said, let's, I'll just go train privates fresh out of boot camp. That's the easiest thing I can think of. I was young and dumb, but I, I spent four years as an infantry, infantry instructor for young men coming out of boot camp and then going straight to school, and then they would, they would break off, and I would, we would deal with some more machine gun tactics and those types of instructions, but one of the things that we introduced to these kids was called interlocking fields of fire. Right? Now, this is, this is something that we would teach to them, and it was a technique that is used, and you can see on the screen, that is used to guarantee that in a defense, individual fighting positions are able to mutually support each other. So if you have a unit here, a unit here, and a unit here, they're not all just going to shoot straight in front of them, but they will overlap so that the entire frontage of what they are taking care of is covered by one portion or another. That was how defenses are designed to work, uh, that all of these areas are secured, everything can be observed by all defenders. And here's the deal. If this guy over here decided, really don't like that guy, he's got some weird idiosyncrasies that drive me crazy, I'm just not gonna pay attention. Guess what failed? The entire defense. Not just this portion, but the entirety of it. It was was vital that everyone was paying close attention, that everyone was working together. And guess what happens, though, when everybody knows, so if uh, this guy here and this guy here and this guy here, they all have the knowledge that everyone is paying attention and everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. What this does is it boosts confidence in the whole. Turn in your Bibles, Ecclesiastes 4. Ecclesiastes 4, we'll read verses 9 through 12 together. And by the way, nothing that I'm about to read from Ecclesiastes is earth-shattering or should be new. Okay? Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9, preacher says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Look at the picture that the preacher provides for us here of mutual support toward one another. We need mutual support. And if you think you don't, you are fooling yourself. And I'm going to tell you why we need mutual support. Because raise your hand if you have ever experienced a moment of weakness. Did you experience it, the same, did you experience it at the same time that others who are mutually supporting you was experiencing weakness? Probably not. And you needed to rely on the strength of others to get you through those moments where you were weak. Raise your hand if you've ever experienced vulnerability. Were you vulnerable at the same time that everybody else was vulnerable? Probably not, and so you're able to lean and be mutually supported by those who are not dealing with this. Raise your hand if you've ever been under attack. You get my point? You get the preacher's point in all of this? that we're designed to be together. This is God looking at us going, this is how it's supposed to be, and you guys don't understand how great the benefits are. You live in a hostile world, and you're stuck in the middle with each other, because the blood of Jesus binds us together. There's a great comfort that comes with the knowledge of knowing that the same blood that was shed for me was also shed for you. And this becomes, I know I keep using the word vital, but I can't stop using it. This becomes even more important when we understand and we go back to the scripture reading. In 1 Peter. Let's read it again. Peter says, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Firm in your faith. Pay attention. If you missed it the first time, pay attention. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And here's the biggest lie that Satan tells us when we're weak, when we're vulnerable, when we're under attack. You know what the biggest lie he tells us is? No one else is dealing with this. You're alone. And what does Peter say? Your your circumstances, your suffering, your attack, your vulnerability, your weakness is not unique. There are brethren around the world continuing to go through this and experience the same things that you are experiencing. This is Satan lying to you. Rely on your brothers and sisters. Be there for them. Gather strength from them in all of this. This principle that we saw in Ecclesiastes 4 remains true and becomes even stronger in our acceptance of it. Two are better than one. And here's the deal, guys, if two are better than one, let's add some more to the mix. If a cord of three strands isn't easily broken, how quickly can a, can a cord of 250 be broken? And torn apart. What about 400? What about 1,000? that those things only occur when we're all working together for God's purpose. That God's purpose for us as his people, again, is to preserve the unity that he created, to grow together spiritually as a body, to mutually support each other as we live and operate in this world. There's an old Swedish proverb that I'll leave you with this morning. Shared joy is double joy. Shared sorrow is double joy half the sorrow I think that the secret to living our lives together is not simply enjoying the joys and enduring the sorrows but being involved, being involved in both with each other I think we work best when we work together especially we, for truth we work best when we work together when the glory of God is our focus and our goal presentation of the kingdom to the world together. So last couple of weeks I've issued you a challenge, the first one got a little bit of flack for, not sitting in the same spot. But last week I issued a challenge to look at around those around you that were sitting in a different spot and do something for them to develop and build the relationship with those individuals. How'd we do on that? We do all right or did we forget? Same challenge this week. Do something for someone sitting around you that will develop your relationship with them. Because understand, there's clowns on the left of them and jokers to the right. And here you are, stuck in the middle with them. Austin has a song for us this morning. We're going to use this as an opportunity to encourage each other. To be together in our encouragement. To strengthen those who may be weak and vulnerable. To help those who are under attack. To provide the support and encouragement that we need from each other. God has built the body to do those things. But one thing that God didn't do was build everybody as mind readers. That these are things that have to be communicated. And have some trust in your brothers and sisters that we do love you and care for you that we will help you and encourage you through those things. This is a moment in time to make those needs known. It's also the time, again, that God continues to, as long as we breathe air, that God continues to allow opportunities for us to say, I I like this whole idea of unity. I like this whole idea of being a part of something greater than myself. And Jesus came to this earth and died for me so my sins could be cleansed. My conscience could be cleansed and that I could be joined together with people. And you're ready to make the confession of him as the Christ. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Be added to this body. This is the opportunity that's being presented to you this morning. Whatever it is that we can do for you, we encourage you. Make it known by coming forward while we stand and sing.